Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Wherever it is that you are listening in from, we appreciate you tuning on in. So this is going to be the Sunday forecast. The look ahead to what the Dolphins are going to match up against the Denver Broncos in Denver, Colorado. Um, Week 11 matchup. The Fins are looking great, right? We're looking amazing. Six and three. Um, right now, you know, second in the AFC East. There's a possibility that we could win this division for the first time um, since 2008, which is pretty huge. Um, but just looking at it right now on paper against the Broncos here, the Fins are actually only four-point favorites on the spread, if you're a betting guy, um, with only a 53% chance to win, which I think is pretty interesting. Um, well, at least I thought it was when I first saw it. Um, and then I had a look at the injuries and what's going to happen. So the injury report for the Dolphins, we've got Solomon Kinley, the star guard, is questionable, as well as Kyle Van Noy is also questionable. Probably both of those are going to be a game-time decision. But on the bright side, the Finns do have Matt Breida back. So that's pretty, pretty exciting. However, looking at the Broncos' side of things, they're going to be missing offensive tackle Jake Rogers, more than likely, as well as the old Michigan Wolverine guard Graham Glasgow. They are going to be missing Noah Fant, Deshaun Williams, and Bryce Callahan. All of those guys are questionable. Um, more than likely, same thing, game-time decision. Not to mention Drew Locke coming in with a big-time injury on the ribs. Um, so quite possibly, we might be seeing some of the backup Brett Ripien. Ripien? I don't know how to say his last name. But I'm so sorry, Brett, if you are tuning in and listen to me butcher your name like that. But um, it's looking like, on paper, it's going to be a pretty even matchup. Um, however, with that being said, the Dolphins have just absolutely dominated the last five to six weeks here in the NFL, um, stacking up to be a top 10 team in the power rankings. We've slipped in, I believe, at number eight or number nine, and our defense is top 10 as well. Um, we're just we're playing absolutely incredible. Um, you know, he's coming off a game, Drew Locke is, anyway, where he coughed up four interceptions. Um, he's got... 10 on the season, um, and only 7 touchdowns, um, and quite frankly, that Miami defense is not easy to score against, whatever it is that Josh Boyer, our defensive coordinator, and Brian Flores, the head coach, have come up with has completely worked, um, they're doing some crazy, crazy, weird coverage switches out there, um, you know, and the thing is, is, Kind of like the Wildcat that Miami really brought into the league um, back in 2008 with Ronnie Brown and Ricky Williams, if you're young enough to remember that, um, and how well that worked on the offensive side of the ball. On the defensive side of the ball, it's it's being incredible, and, and quite frankly, bringing to life the fact that defense does win championships. Um, Miami's just doing ridiculous stuff on defense. We're doing eight-man secondaries, um, and then also zero blitz packages which just means that everybody is going forward. We're overwhelming that offensive line. And if the Broncos are going to be down two of their starting linemen, it's not going to look good for Drew Locke. Um, 
Salvan Ahmed, obviously our undrafted guy out of Washington. He's just adding something to the run game, makes it even more dangerous. Like I said, we've got a two, possibly three-headed monster. If everybody's at full strength, Miles Gaskin, Salvan Ahmed, and Matt Breida. Quite frankly, Ahmed is playing with his hair on fire and playing like a man who really wants a job. He was promoted up from the practice squad. Um, you know, he's just, he's absolutely crushing it. And, and the really interesting thing is, is now that we're just one game behind Buffalo here in the division, um, and the Bills do on the tiebreaker on us right now with a week two victory over us, that week 17 matchup, that's going to be something to watch. It's going to be in Orchard Park. It's going to be in Buffalo. It's going to be very interesting to watch. Um, and quite frankly, really exciting to watch as well. Um, really looking at things. Antonio Callaway brought up from the practice squad as well. Another new target for Tua Tagovailoa. Quite frankly, um, I expect Miami to eke out a win here. Um, possibly not dominantly, um, but I do expect us to at least win this football game here. Um, looking at it on paper, points per game, Denver's averaging around 21 points. Miami's averaging 28. Um, points given up, once again, there's that Miami defense only giving up 20 points per game, and the Denver Broncos are giving up 28, 28.2 to be exact. Um, total yards, they do beat us in total yards on paper, 353 to 326, um, as well as in the passing and the run game. Um, Denver comes in averaging 247 and 107 yards on the ground, with Miami averaging 22, uh, 228, excuse me, and then 98.7, basically 99. Um, let's just call it an even 100 yards rushing. Um, so on paper, they do have the more prolific offense, yards-wise, not points-wise. And then yards allowed Miami averaging 393 yards to Denver's 376. Once again, beating us there um, in both categories. Um, passing yards allowed, Miami gives up 265. Denver averaging 247. Let's just call it 250. And then it's pretty even neck at 128 apiece for the rush yards allowed. So on paper, um, it's going to be a very close matchup. And Denver's a lot better than their 3-6 and six record would indicate, um, especially with those numbers. However, the real matchup is going to be that defensive line and the defensive pressure that Brian Flores continues to bring every single game against you know, a young Drew Locke, which everybody thought was going to progress big time this season. Um, and he has sort of regressed um, this season, you know, with with 1,500 yards, seven touchdowns, 10 picks about halfway through the season. Um, kind of having a rough, kind of a rough shake of things. Um, he had a big time, you know, he got hit a lot last week, um, coughed up four interceptions last week. Um, Tua coming off 3-0 and as a starter. He's he he's crushing it. He's crushing it. Um, he's looking good. With that being said, we're not gonna let it get to our head. Miami's three and one on the road. Denver's one and three at home. So it's gonna be an interesting matchup on paper. It's a very interesting matchup. Um, and now with that being said, I want to get kind of my mid-season um, analysis and kind of predictions going into it, um, and kind of some bold takes here. Um, so Miami. 
obviously our record, we're already better than we were last year. Um, you know, we went five and eleven last year. This year, right now, we're six and three. Um, moving forward, we're looking fantastic, right? We've got a young, solid offensive line that's just going to continue to get better. Um, we finally might have the franchise piece in our quarterback. Some people are calling an audition. We don't believe those people. Um, everybody knew this has been to his team for a long time. We've got a two-headed monster, three-headed monster in the backfield in the run game. Really young receiving core filled with studs as well as diamonds in the rough. And the defense is just solid. So Miami full on um, is looking almost like a complete team. And I say almost just because the only thing that they're lacking is just experience um, on both sides of the ball. It's a very young team. It's one of the youngest, if not the youngest overall age um, average um, in the entire NFL. So Miami is a young team. Um, young team budding with superstars, budding with potential. Um, and it's exciting to watch. Um, with that being said, I do expect Miami to win this game against Denver. Um, I expect Tua to once again just gain experience. I'm not looking for 500 yards. It'd be awesome if he did. Um, I'm not looking for five touchdowns. Same thing. It'd be awesome if he did. I'm just looking for another solid performance, another solid team performance like we've been able to put together here um, and continue to move forward as we make a playoff push. Um, right now, as the as you know, as things stand, as of the 21st of November, uh, Miami's a sixth seed in the in the playoffs, which is super interesting and also super exciting because if the season were to end right now, we go up against the number three seed, which is the Bills. Um, so it's very interesting to see how these last seven weeks are going to play out. Uh, Miami's got a road game again against the AFC West in the Chiefs next week. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, but we're going to worry about that when that comes up um, week by week by week. And that's how this team plays, right? It's just week by week. Um, they just take it one step at a time, week by week, you know, not planning ahead, not looking at week 17, not looking at week 16, looking at who's on the schedule right now. Um, and it's the NFL. Anything can happen, right? It's crazy league. We've seen some crazy things. Um, but I do expect – um, a solid team victory by the Dolphins um, here against a struggling Denver Broncos team. With that being said, um, the Broncos could bounce back. They still do have a lot of talent on that side of the ball with Bradley Chubb um, against a very young offensive line. But with that being said, um, I think Miami is definitely up for the challenge, being the favorite at about a 54% chance to win. Now looking at half-season and even off-season predictions – this is kind of the fun part um, where I just kind of speculate, kind of kind of think about what's going to happen. Um, and number one, even I don't know how many college football <laughs> listeners I have, um, but clearly Harbaugh is done in Michigan. Um, so one thing that I'd love to see here is – and one thing that I could see definitely being a reality is Jim Harbaugh, you know, obviously parting ways with Michigan, um, whether it's mutual or he's flat-out fired. Um, Given the state of affairs, he's probably just going to be flat out fired. Um, but looking at things, really, I could see him going into one of these teams that's completely lost their identity. Um, teams like Atlanta Falcons, teams like, you know, um, the Houston Texans, right? Teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, the Jets. I don't think the Jets is really realistic because really with Harbaugh, the same exact thing is going to happen that's here. 
um, in Michigan if he goes to New York. The New York fans are just so adamant about their expectations, and if you don't meet those expectations, um, you're basically crucified in the town square. With that being said, that's not a defense to Adam Gase, because Adam Gase is just terrible. Um, Jets, hire me, right? Um, shameless plug. Um, but I could see that happening, right? And I could see Harbaugh taking on um, a rebuild. I really could. Um, I think Atlanta would be the best destination for him because Atlanta's kind of that middle-of-the-road team um, that's just really just kind of missing leadership um, from a head coach perspective. Um, no offense to Dan Quinn. But, I mean, they've got the pieces, right? They've got Matt Ryan. They've got Julio Jones. Um, it's a shame that both of them have just wasted – their entire, entire careers, um, especially Julio, one of the best to ever do it in the wide receiver position, just wasted talent his entire career here in Atlanta. But with that being said, they do have that Calvin Ridley guy. Um, you know, they've got Todd Gurley coming out of the backfield. Atlanta's a good team. They just, you know, just, just can't finish games. They, they, they just can't finish games. Um, but I could see Harbaugh going there. I could see Harbaugh even going to the Eagles, perhaps, if they do decide to part ways with Doug Peterson. That's still, you know, up in the air. Nobody really knows what's going on there. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting. It's halfway through the season. Um, it's full steam ahead. Miami's still keeping on, keeping on with their progress. The rebuild's going a little bit faster than everybody thought it would. Miami's not supposed to be this good yet, let alone be in playoff contention. And Miami's in the perfect spot right now because we still have another game up against the Jets, the Bills, and the Patriots coming up on the docket after we play the Broncos as well as the Chiefs. So Miami's won some games that they really weren't supposed to win. Um, they've shocked a lot of people. They've really shocked the NFL world. Um, and it's getting exciting. It's really getting exciting. It's really getting down to the wire here in the nitty-gritty. Um, here and then the other thing that I've heard is due to some speculation with COVID the week 16 or week 17 matchup may possibly be moved to a Saturday in a prime time with the Dolphins instead of a Sunday so I'll keep you guys updated on that but then the other thing too I'm um, just one last thing about the Dolphins and the Broncos here um just the incredible return on investment we've gotten out of the defense and the amount of money that we spent in free agency on the defense has immediately paid off, right? Um, right now, Miami's the number one team turnover in every single game for 17 games in a row dating back to last season. Xavier Howard just continues to get better. He's got to turn over every single game, leading the league in interceptions um, despite missing an entire season since 2017. Yes, he's that good. I love saying that every single episode. It's really fun to say. It's, it's, it's really fun to say he's the cornerstone of the secondary and of that defense. But the other big thing too is we had a lot of speculation on spending as much money as we did on the people like Elaine Roberts, on Kruger Hill, on Shaq Lawson, on Emmanuel Ogba. That's immediately paid off. Now last year, the entire Dolphins team had 28 quarterback hits. The entire team, um, no, 32, excuse me. They had 32 last year. The entire game, which means two hits a game, right? That's how bad our pass rush was last year. This year, halfway through the season, just the two of them, Emmanuel Agba and Shaq Lawson, both of them combined have 28. Just those two combined. 
Um, I also expect a big-time performance out of – look, our defensive line is just getting better. We've got Christian Wilkins. We've got, you know, obviously Ogba, Shaq Lawson. We've also got that big boy, Raekwon Davis, who I'm, I'm still saying was the steal of the draft out of Alabama. That man is huge. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that man. That man is the size of a Ford, like, 450 truck. He's a massive guy in the middle. Um, and he just bullies people, especially if they're going to be missing that starting guard in Graham Glasgow. If it's going to be Raekwon Davis, and he's getting a lot more playing time. He's getting a lot more playing time. So is Zach Sealer as well. They're getting a lot more playing time. I expect just a huge, huge, huge game. Um, and a lot of defensive pressures by that defense. Our defense is solid. We've got a very solid unit. Our team is coming together um, a lot faster than expected. But the team is coming together. Immediate return on investment. Um, Kyle Van always having a great season. Jerome Baker continues to impress. And a lot of people were, were skeptic why we traded away Raekwon McMillan. Um, we're seeing why. Jerome Baker is really the leader of the defense. Um, he's learning under Kyle Vanoy the exact same way that Tua was learning under Ryan Fitzpatrick. Let's not forget, Kyle Vanoy was a, was, was a huge presence on the defense side of the ball in New England, where we got him from. Um, by the way, also worked with Brian Flores. Um, just an incredible player, right? Incredible leader of men, incredible player. Um, and Jerome Baker's really taking it on. He's got that, he's got that swagger about him. Same thing with Christian Wilkins. Christian Wilkins might be the next Warren Sapp incarnate. It's a hot take for me. Um, Miami's looking good. There's nothing else to say other than that. Miami is just very impressive on both sides of the ball. Um, Tua, once again, is just, and, and, and that's the other thing is a lot of people are saying that Tua was cocky with that comment where he said that the NFL was easy. Um, let's just backtrack here. We were talking about the transition. Okay. Tua was talking about the transition to the NFL, not the NFL itself, the transition to the NFL. Was easy. He, th he said it was going to be a lot harder than he thought it was. And then the game has slowed down. That's good. We want the game to slow down for him. That's a positive. Right? But don't take a soundbite. And don't take a statement out of context. Okay? Tua was not talking about the NFL being easy. He was talking about the transition to the NFL being easier than he expected. And that was exactly why we did the way that we did things. That's why Tua sat on the bench until week seven and he learned on Orion Fitzpatrick and he practiced as hard as he did. And he's, he was in film rooms. He was in study rooms, right? Because we wanted to make that transition as easy as possible. So mission accomplished. And I think that's got a huge part to do with why the fact that he's three and a starter with five touchdowns and no picks because that transition, the way that the organization did what they did, to make that transition as easy as possible for Tua. Because this is his team. He's a natural-born leader. He makes incredible throws. This team's in very good hands, you know, steering the ship as well as not only personnel with the wizard Chan Gailey that he is coming out of retirement just for this team because of something special is being built here in Miami, and we're holding on to it, and we're really embracing it, and it's, and it's all hands on deck. And it's 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 full send, cuz it's full send, cuzzy, into this no longer a rebuild, but now the culture has been established, the identity has been established. Now it's just all about 
just learning how to win football games. And Miami's done that. We're getting in the habit of doing that. And I can't be any more excited to be a fan. I really cannot be more excited to be a fan and cover a team like this. So that's going to do it here for this episode of the Finish It podcast, the unofficially official podcast of the Miami Dolphins. As always, I am your host, Ty. I appreciate you tuning on in, even if you stayed the whole time or for five minutes. I appreciate you. Make sure you do hit that follow button if you enjoyed and leave a like if you enjoy what you love to hear. Also, we do take listener donations, so that should be somewhere in the description below. Um, You, by any means, do not have to, but those donations do keep this podcast alive and thriving. We love you all. We appreciate every single one of you. And until Tuesday or Wednesday when we break down what is about to happen tomorrow. We love you. Thank you so much. God bless and go Miami Dolphins.